Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, June 8th. Uh, we are, uh, let's see, four of us are here today. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. Uh, Julie Dolan, you're in Dallas, Texas. Uh, what do you got for us today? Howdy, Liz. Oh, I've got some good stories. Um, it's a big week coming up, Liz. I'm going to the Gracies. Oh, all right. oh yeah, we're going to. Okay, great. I look forward to that conversation. Monica Dolan, you're in Portland, Oregon. How are you? Good. A little sniffly this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can, we can hear that, but that's good. People, people understand. I think we have a high allergy quotient in the listening audience, too. People, people are sensitive to that. Uh, Leon Dolan in Pasadena, California. Um, you're good this week? Liz, I'm looking forward to talking to you about our best speech back books for summer 2014. The list is out, and we're going to discuss a few of our favorites. And let's face it, big sporting rebound this morning uh, from yesterday's disaster when we saw both California Chrome and the Rangers lose. I mean, I I thought I could experience no more heartbreak. So if (laughs) Rafa Nadal had gone down this morning, it would have been a complete sporting wash. But Rafa persevered. Yes. And luckily he did it in four sets because otherwise we would not be recording this show right now because <laughs> it was bumping right up against our start time for recording. And I think you- my husband is getting sick of me saying, is it just me or is Rafa in really good shape this year? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I said that like 20 times during the match. <laughs> and whatever that color was, Woo! Gray yeah, and yeah. like light teal, I, I right. just, it's, it's dreamy. Yeah. Okay, I would just also like to observe though that the one of the pleasures of the French Open is that all of the men in the audience are also attractive. Yeah. Have you ever noticed yes. that? Like the, just the shots of the crowd. I would okay, Leanne. Here's a, here's a test. Compare the shots of the crowd at Roland Garros this morning to the shots of the crowd at the Staples Center last night for the Kings Rangers game. <laughs> it's it's a know? different crowd, Liz. <laughs> it's just the, the people different. beating on the glass walls to encourage the <laughs> the players to fight and kill each other. The twelve year old I saw beating on the. It's unbelievable. Liz, I ha- Liz, I have a question for you because I know you've been to the French Open. Yes. Um, do they issue those beautiful white straw hats with the black <laughs> no. bands? Do they issue those at the uh, attendance gate? Because it seemed like everyone was wearing the same hat. I know. They just look awesome, don't they? Yes. Maybe, maybe they sell those on the grounds. That's possible, Julie. I think it's more that the people there, it's probably the same people go every year, right? So they just have their French Open hat. They, they, they have it ready. It's in the closet. And, you know, it's Nadal's people there every time in the final, right? So they have their outfits down. They always look fantastic. But then you see, like, women in the audience, too. There was a woman there this morning. She was dressed totally in black. I, I saw with, her. With a yeah. black right. hat and, like, the scarlet, yes, yeah. the bright red lipstick. And I thought, she must be so hot to sit at a tennis match wearing all black. But she looked 
completely unruffled. I know. Just, She's like Anna Wintour, who I know goes to is a friend yes. of Federer's. But I was like, wow, that is like a fashion show look, not a yeah. tennis match look. Yeah. It's not, you know, and then you go back to like watching a hockey game or a basketball game or a baseball game. And like all the men are wearing team jerseys. And it's just not. <laughs> that has French- its own charm, Liz. <laughs> Yes, no, if you're if you're 12 years old. Yeah, but I, I'm grown men. I enjoy seeing attractively dressed grown men in the stands. That's- you know, as long as we're just saying it, no one looks more beautiful than Maria Sharapova yesterday. Yeah. I mean, yes. I mean, again, she- I'm sure my husband would have said had we watched, had he been there to watch the match, like, is it my imagination or does she look really fit this year? Because she's <laughs> and so I think unbelievable. He's grown a couple of inches. <laughs> the other, the other people, the other people that were totally rocking fashion were was the main umpire of the match. Did you see him in his like skinny little black pants? No, and his, <laughs> I and didn't his, notice like, that. Boater shoes. Oh yeah, you know how usually the umpires are wearing dockers, you know, or yeah. something very judicious uh no he had on like he was had skinny little black pants and he kept jumping off the stand to go check on uh the shots and the where whether or not there was a ball mark so very interesting and it is it is timely uh that uh andy murray who you know lost badly to nadal um in the semifinals has just announced that he has hired a french woman to be his coach he has hired Amelie uh, Marismo. Do you remember her? Sure. She won Wimbledon. She won. The, uh, she won. I think she also won the Australian Open. She won the uh, gun she... show. I'll tell you. She had. <laughs> <laughs> she had some. She's arms. looking very fit. <laughs> <laughs> she was okay. Okay. Well, there's a lot of controversy around the fact that Andy Murray has. Well, I can't. I can't determine whether the controversy is that. Andy Murray, uh, the Scot, has hired a French woman because, you know, the longstanding battle between England or, you know, uh, Great Britain and France. Um, Or is it because it's a woman that's now going to be coaching one of the top men players and that somehow a woman wouldn't know how to do it? Really? Well, he had that whole, his mother was his coach till two years ago. Exactly, Leon. Several players have had their mothers as coaches, which, Leon, I know you and I can relate to as a... (laughs) As, as a, that might be a very interesting an assignment. But Jimmy Connors had his mother um, uh, uh, as a coach, as did Marat Sa- Sapin. So, oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. Yes, yes. They had their mothers. Hmm. So uh, I don't think it's I don't think there's anything wrong with this. I think she's going to do a fine job, although I thought he was doing quite well with Yvonne Lendl. So I don't know mm-hmm. what happened there, but something mm-hmm. blew up. So I wish him luck uh, with the new, with the new French woman in his mm-hmm. life. <laughs> well, it was nice to see both uh, Bjorn Borg and Boris Becker uh, at Roland Garros today, though um, I was concerned about Boris Becker. Uh, <laughs> he was getting a wicked sunburn. <laughs> yes, yes, he was. <laughs> Yes, he was. Uh, so, how but about, how about Bjorn Borg's hair? Was that amazing? Did you think his hair was amazing? <laughs> yeah. I didn't really watch any of the tennis. Yeah. Wow, this woo, this is some good sporting analysis. <laughs> yeah, can we go back to the horse? Uh, so, California Chrome. <laughs> oh, California. That was a bummer, wasn't it, Monica? Were you like? The West Coast was totally signed up for California Chrome. I tuned in early. I just was getting all geared up. It's not just that the horse is so charming, and he really is, California Chrome, but his jockey is so charming. Yeah. I just love them with the nasal strips, and I could use some nasal strips. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and the owners, I was totally okay with the owner lashing out afterwards. Uh, you know, like it's not really fair for these other horses to like not run in the first two races and then just show up for the third race of the Triple Crown. I can understand why they feel that way. It would be like, you know, the Miami Heat not playing in the playoffs, just coming in for the finals. You know, it's not right. People is that be- new? I mean, he made it sound no, like it was no, new. No, it's always no. been the case. No, so. that's that's why nobody wins the Triple Crown. Right. <laughs> you know, but... Because <laughs> the horses are tired after two. <laughs> yes. Uh, anyway, that was... Uh, oh, I but just- I, I didn't think it was poor sportsmanship. And I know some people have, you know, said that it, w- it was an example of poor sportsmanship. I didn't think so at all. I thought no. this guy had a real passion for his horse and for, you know, and he's just telling it like it is. And maybe they should change the rules, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, just, I, I liked the, the jockey of the winning horse who clearly felt bad that he won. You know, yeah. that was, I thought that was good sportsmanship right there. He was mm-hmm. not exultant. He clearly liked the uh, California Chrome, the horse and the jockey. I thought mm-hmm. that was a nice moment. Yeah, that must be hard. To win. <laughs> I like that they do the interviews on horseback. It just I, cracks me up every time. It's great. <laughs> great sport. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. It's a great sport to watch once a year. That's my feeling about horse racing. Right. I got my fill yesterday afternoon. I'm done. Maybe for a couple of years. Uh (laughs) All right, Liz, we had some fantastic news this week, and it is this. Uh, Colin passed Algebra 2. Oh, thank (laughs) goodness. Hallelujah. And now that it is over, I feel like I can speak out against the governing bodies of life. Like, why is Algebra 2 so important on our on our life scale of what we can achieve? Because it's like the kids who do well in Algebra 2, the doors are open to them for Ivy League schools and merit aid and the National Honor Society. And if Algebra 2 takes you down, like it does in some states, Liz, 40% of kids fail Algebra 2. Really? Well, what's left for How the rest you, of us? Where did you get that statistic? The New York Times. The New York Times, Julie. A, a 2012 article. Yep. Wow. The yep. Colin is very lucky to have squeaked right. by. And it was a squeaker, right? It was it a was... squeaker. It, I mean, he had to get the C to, to to avoid summer school, and he got it by the hair of his chinny, chinny, chin, chin. And, you know, my other son, Brooks, got the D and spent it in summer school. So I've gone two for two, like, down to the wire. <laughs> and so, and it just, it is true, though, like, that Algebra 2 grade, it just, it makes or breaks sort of your college uh, acceptances. Mm-hmm. And it just seems crazy because there are plenty of jobs you can do without Algebra 2. Yes. And I'm sure <laughs> it's only those kinds of jobs that your son Colin would be interested That's, in anyway. That is true. When he had to do a, a like a career interest, um, his number one job was own a toy store. So... <laughs> You're kidding. That's what he said? <laughs> own a toy store. Oh, that's so cute. Okay, I admire that. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody's got to own a toy store. We want toy stores. We love toy stores. There's always going to be a market for toys. People love toys, you guys. So much more than they love Algebra 2. Julie, I'll send you the link to that article. 33% of students in Oklahoma failed to pass. 35% in Virginia. 43% of students in New Mexico. It's a killer, Algebra 2. It is a killer. So, so you're I, starting a national movement. I can see that you're, you now have a think tank behind you. I'm done. Think tank. So you're not going to be providing support for other mothers that are coming up. Uh, no, good luck to you <laughs> is what I say. Good luck to you. I'm done. I already went through algebra too. So 
I am done. I know. It does go from generation to generation, though. It just is, we do not have the Algebra 2 gene. I was hoping maybe your husband had it on his side of the family. He does. You know, that's I, right. But apparently, my side won. I mean, I was pretty good in math, but I still had trouble with Algebra 2. And I did well on my SATs, but I remember having to go for extra help every day in Algebra 2. and just really struggled with it. And uh, But, you know, my husband actually uses it every single day in his job. So, so that's why so Colin, that's why Colin's going to run a toy store. Toy store, toy store. So, anyway, All right. congratulations, mom. <laughs> Thank you. Happy summer. So summer has officially started. Woohoo! Yeah, you know, Liam, I was thinking. So summer has started here in Portland too. And uh, last night I made two observations about things I saw happening in Portland last night. And I just want to get the sister's opinion on whether you think this is a good idea or a bad idea. So the first is I went out to do errands and I came back and then I went out for a walk and I noticed one of my neighbors had a lawn Roomba going. You know what, you know what a Roomba is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I guess you can buy a lawnmower Roomba. So it was like the size of a vacuum canister, just sort of going back and forth over their front lawn, apparently cutting the lawn. And then I went out for a walk later on. I just wanted to check on the progress of the lawn Roomba. And I noticed it had missed like all of the corners of the yard and it had missed all the grass that was growing around the trees. And I thought, I, I don't know, Liz, maybe you would think a lawn Roomba would be a good idea, but I was thinking, <laughs> you bet, you bet. How lazy, really, do you have to be to like get a machine? <laughs> That's about how lazy I am. And, you know, so they don't get the corners around the tree. I'm okay with that. Okay. <laughs> That's why I don't have a yard anymore, by the by. Uh, uh, Monica, quite frankly, I'm surprised that they're even still mowing their lawns in Portland because <laughs> it's. Oh, yeah, yeah. We mow, we mow our lawns. Well, the, the grass grows here for about a month, you know, after it stops raining and when the sun comes out, the grass grows. But I just saw, I mean, that Roomba was going probably for like four or five hours on a little patch of grass. I thought, for God's sakes, just buy a hand mower. <laughs> I mean, just get out there and spend like five minutes. So I'm going to go on my walk this morning after the show and uh, just check and see how the Roomba did. It was it was stupid, I thought. <laughs> okay. I, I thought you were going to go totally the other way with that story, Monica. I thought you oh, were going to say, I'm going to borrow it today. That's what I would have done. I would have looked at that and thought, ooh, I think I'll go knock on their door tomorrow and see if I could try it out on my lawn. So, okay, each to his own. You like the, you like the lawn. Right, and I would imagine it would only work on a completely flat lawn because my front lawn is sloped. So once that Roomba went down the slope, there's no telling where it would go well we know where it would go we go in the neighbors right into the neighbor's garage like your car right (laughs) (laughs) boom at least impact would be a lot less than my car was uh hitting my neighbor's garage okay that was the first thing and then the second thing is last night was the annual uh world naked bike ride (laughs) that's an annual that's an annual event in portland right it's an annual event, although they call it the World Naked Bike Ride, and there were thousands of people 
that participated in the bike ride. Now, it used to take place at midnight, which is a good idea, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Bike ride. But now they've bumped up the time to like 8 o'clock in the evening. So thousands of naked, half-naked people gather in this park on the east side, and then they ride all over Portland naked on their bicycles. So, good Monica, idea. let's... Let's Monica, I just am visualizing, and these are, you know, these are, some of these people are racers. So they're down, they're crouched down over their bikes, right? They got the handlebars down, which means their butts are up and they're packed in pretty tight, right? So that means you've got your face in someone else's butt. Exactly, Julie. I saw the pictures this morning and uh, there was a lot of body paint. There were some fig leaf type things. People were in underwear, and then I just saw a lot of people that were naked, except for a fanny pack. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah. you so you getting ready for next year? Yeah. Is, that what, is that why you're bringing this up? You know, uh, I I wouldn't do it. Uh, obviously, the shape I'm in, uh, <laughs> uh, I would not do it. But I thought. If you got a group of friends and you were all willing to do it together, it looked pretty fun to me. <laughs> okay, so. there is nothing about that that appeals to me. Monica, I, I, I mean, you 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 have like totally fooled us this morning. I know you I have. Have. Believe it yes, or not, yes, you, know, you thought I was going to say that's disgusting. It's yes, immoral, yes. It's unhealthy, yeah. like just nasty. No. I think it's what makes Portland great. No, I it think. looked kind of fun to me. Those people looked like they were having fun. Everybody is naked or near naked. So, you know, you just can only keep your eyes on the road. <laughs> is this a spectator sport? Do people yes. people line the streets? Spect- yep. People line the streets. They go to the park. I've never seen it. So, but next year I'm marking my calendar because I'd like to see it now. <laughs> okay. Please report back on your findings, Lab Rat. <laughs> report back. We'll post some photos on the blog. All right, we're going to take a quick break here at Satellite Sisters. When we return, all the sisters reveal their picks for the Satellite Sisters Best Beach Bag Books 2014. Stay with us. Today's Satellite Sisters is brought to you by Audible. And Leon, you know I am an audiobooks junkie, and Audible is my favorite provider of books. Liz, you are an addict, and good for you, because you have learned a lot of things and had a lot of entertainment from your audiobooks. And we do the same on our road trips in the summer. We love, love, love listening to audiobooks in the car. I know, and they have everything. There's more than 150,000 titles. And right now, you can get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial by signing up at audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. That's right. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters, S-I-S-T-E-R-S. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, right now I'm, I'm listening to the book Endurance, Shackleton's Incredible Voyage. We're coming up on the 100th anniversary of that voyage, that adventure to um, Antarctica. And it's so great to have a great narrator read you this super cool adventure story. So I am loving that on Audible. Liz, that's so you to go with the nonfiction title. I'm listening to a nonfiction title, too, but I went with the funny. You know, I like funny books by funny people, and when they're read by funny people even better i am so enjoying annabelle gerwich's new book i see you made an effort 
Compliments, Indignities, and Survival Stories from the Edge of 50. She reads it. She's hilarious. The book is hilarious, Liz. It's not Shackleton, but it's it's still funny. <laughs> There's something for everyone at Audible. Really, get your free audiobook now and a 30-day trial by signing up at audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. I'm just going to say it again, Liz. Audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. Thanks, Audible. We're the Satellite Sisters. We're back. Leanne here with Liz, Julie, and Monica. It's time for our Satellite Sisters Beach Bag Books. Right, Liz? Every June, we do a roundup for you of our recommendations of best beach bag books. And when I say we... I really mean Leanne because we all we all send our recommendations to Leanne and Leanne does all of the actual hard work of putting it together on the blog post and we're good to go right Leanne thank we, you we are I just want to let people know because I know we're going to get asked this we'll put the link around to as many places as we can but I promise you it is on the website if you go to satellitesisters.com uh, you'll see right there in the header books. Okay, uh, just highlight that and scroll down Best Beach Bag Books 2014. So that will stay up in perpetuity. That list of Best Beach Bag Books will stay up. So we'll put the link around on our Facebook page and all kinds of pages, but it will always be there. Just look under books. You'll see our WordWrite Festival and some Beach Bag Books from years past and then 2014. All right. So who's going first? Julie, what's your uh, number one pick for the summer? Oh, well, I, my first uh, choice is a new book out by Sally, about Sally Ride, the astronaut Sally Ride. We've had her on our show. Lynn Shear, you know, ABC reporter or CBS reporter has done a fantastic, she has a new biography all about Sally Ride. And, you know, when you think about Sally, she was the first woman in space, but this is really the behind the scenes about her life. Did you know that she was a very accomplished tennis player? that she almost became a professional tennis player. No, oh. I never do that. No, yeah. And they and they believe that one of the reasons why Sally was so good with that big robotic space arm thing was because she has such highly trained hand-eye coordination from playing so much tennis. And she seated many of the other astronauts in this area. I mean, so it's just chock full of stuff like this. And, you know, I just think it would be interesting to learn more about her. She had a very interesting personal life. Um, While she was married, it was revealed much later in life that for over 20 years, um, she had a partner as well. Uh, Or after she and her husband had uh, split, she had a partner. A female partner? A female partner. And she never... She never really um, revealed this publicly. So it's kind of an interesting personal story about her as well. So that's my number one pick for the summer. I know it's going to be, you know, just it's it's just good to learn about super inspirational women, th- women that have done incredibly, you know, accomplished a lot. She died way too early, um, you know, from cancer. Um, but it is um, it looks like a really good book. So that's uh, my number one pick. Um, and that's my learning opportunity. My second <laughs> pick, which has no learning involved, and I think that's the spirit of the summer, is a book called Empty Mansions. Have you heard about this? You know what? I this have is- heard about this, but I don't I can't recall why. What's the story about? Joel? Okay, so this is the mysterious life of Hugette Clark. Okay, who was who had this gigantic fortune. So she's, you know, poor little rich girl. Okay, I have heard about this now that you mentioned that. Yes. 
This sounds fascinating. Yeah, this does. I mean, this is sort of a true story. It's written by Bill Deadman, who won a Pulitzer Prize, along with um, uh, Paul Clark Newell Jr. And so here is this Hugette Clark who had everything going for her. She was smart. She was pretty. She had all this money. And then for some reason, and that's uh, uh, uncovered in the book, and she had all these homes in California, New York, and Connecticut, that, but she lived her, in, her life in one hospital room, just like a very simple room, even though she wasn't sick. And so she had this like really sort of, I, I'll call it weird, strange, mysterious life, um, including a French boyfriend. And then she had nurses. And so anyway, it, it seems like it's just a very interesting story about, you know, some weird rich person. So I, <laughs> good. I think, she, I, think I think Sheila would like to live her life in a hospital room. <laughs> Taking her for her colonoscopy, seeing how much she enjoyed that hospital experience. Yes, I mean, exactly. I mean, I think Sheila might be able to relate to it. So I'll, I'll be sure to uh, mark pages that Sheila can be inspired by. But those are, it's sort of the yin and the yang of my summer list, uh, sisters. You know, um, you know, someone, you know, to admire and then a real weirdo to gawk at. So I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I think those are my choices. Okay. And Julie has a couple more titles. You'll see they are on our list at SatelliteSisters.com. All right. How about, uh, how about you, Leanne? You know, I have a bunch on my list. Um, uh, one I'm really excited to read about because now I have a reason for it, um, and that's Americana. Uh, that's the book that won the National Book Critics Award for Fiction. Um, it's about uh, it's about a Nigerian immigrant that comes to the United States, and it's a tale of sort of culture shock and hardship and racist, racism, and it's supposed to be fascinating. Um, but my alma mater, Pomona College, just picked it as their sort of one book to read for all the students. And then they invited all the alumni to read it, too. And then she's going to appear on campus in the fall. So I thought, OK, that is a, a good required summer reading assignment for me. That sounds great because it's been And what's on the name of it again? Americana. Oh, okay. Yeah, Americana. And then um, and then the second book I want to recommend, like just for fun, great if you're traveling, is That Delicious by Ruth Reichel. I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but I finished it. It's delightful. It's completely delightful. She's the former editor of Gourmet Magazine. And so this is her first shot at fiction, though she's done best-selling memoirs like Comfort Me with Apples and Garlic and Sapphires. Um, but this sort of has all the ingredients, and I mean that literally of just a satiating read. Like, first of all, you want to read it with a cheese platter and a glass of wine because (laughs) there's a lot of cheese and wine mentioned in the book. Like, that's a big subplot. But it kind of takes off in a very unexpected uh, unexpected um, direction when the main character of the book finds a series of letters in it's, – it's set at a fictional food magazine, Delicious, and she, she finds this set of letters from World War II, like buried in the archives of the magazine. And so you get the story of a young girl who's been writing these letters to a very famous American chef during World War II. So there's a whole history thing to it too that I didn't I didn't really know was coming and it's fantastic. So I enjoyed it a lot and Monica I'm going to send it to you. Okay, great. It's already great. in a box. I've finished it. Oh. I, I'm sending you that in a box to you. Uh Julie's getting a couple of other books but you're getting delicious. So there you go. Wonderful. 
So Monica, what else is, what's on your list? Okay. So on my list, my first book is uh, The Fault in Our Stars. And that's- You know, Jeff- last week I said, no one can pick The Fault in Our Stars. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's not like it's not worthy enough. It's just really getting a lot of publicity. But go ahead, Monica. I know. And I think that's the reason why I picked it because the movie's out. Everyone's going to see the movie. Everyone's talking about it. But I really- think you need to read the book first it's a you know young adult novel about two uh teenagers who meet at a cancer support group it's just a very emotional book so i think that you need to read the book so you can just sit with the words and grab your tissues and laugh with it before you see the movie so i'm I'm gonna go with the fault in our stars fair enough it's on your list it's on your list all right the second book that I picked, and Julie and I uh, both want to read this book, is called The Romanoff Sisters. Mm-hmm. It's the lost lives of the daughters of Nicholas and Alexander. And it uh, it's by Helen Rappaport. And it's uh, nonfiction. And she, the author, discovered all of these writings and letters about the daughters. And not much was known about the Romanoff daughters. So I just... I'm very excited to read that. I, I queued it up at the library, so I hope I get it by the end of the summer. Um, and ever since I read, I read Catherine the Great last summer, and that was a big, whopping 500-page book about Russian history, and it was a page-turner. It was really fascinating. And I was going to go right to the book about the Romanovs, but it was another 500-page book, <laughs> and I didn't think I could handle that again this summer. So I'm glad that this story focuses on the daughters and the story of the sisters. So that's the second book on my list this summer, the Romanoff sisters. Okay. okay. Wow. And again, all these books, I know we're going to hear from people, all these books, I promise you are at satellitesisters.com with links <laughs> to their Amazon pages and to audible. You heard that audible is now a sponsor of satellite sisters. And so, um, if you want to like take, take the plunge and get into audiobooks, going on some road trips this summer, we also have a link to, uh, many of these books are available at audible and, uh, we have that link too at satellitesisters.com. All right, Liz, you had an interesting list. Well, you know, I always love the audiobooks because I just find it so relaxing when I'm traveling, either driving a long way or on a long airplane ride to just have someone tell me a story, to have a great narrator tell you a story is very compelling. So um, the next one I want to read, speaking of weird rich people, Julie, the I am fascinated by this book, Blood Will Out, the true story of a murder, a mystery, and a masquerade. And this is by Walter Kern, you know, who wrote Up in the Air, and he's written a lot of great stuff. Um, But it's the true story of the guy who called himself Clark Rockefeller, who ended up, yeah, you know, so committing murder, kidnapping. He was never really a Rockefeller. So it was a very interesting true story in the news um, and widely reported his trial and all of that. But what's interesting here is that Walter Kern um, had known the guy for 15 years and was also a victim of this long-term masquerade. And so when he realized that this guy he had been friendly with for 15 years was 
not really Clark Rockefeller, and now he was on trial for murder, he wrote his version of that story, having been a friend of his. And uh, so I think that's a sort of fascinating, super inside twist on a story I found really interesting anyway. And he originally met the guy by adopting his dog or something. It was some complete... um, you know, unexpected encounter with the person. And then they just became friendly. And then over time, the other guy turned into a murderer and a con man. And, you know, so I want to get inside that. That's, uh, I think I'm going to, I think I'm saving that one for my uh, long drive to Oregon for my vacation this summer. Wise uh, choice, Liz. I think that it sounds, it's very suspenseful, even though you know what's going to happen in the book. But just to find out how he did it, it was diabolical, really, that he could convince so many smart people that he was someone he wasn't. Right, so. right. And just the whole idea of really being a con man and carrying on the a long con like that, pre- pretending that you're someone you're not. I've always been fascinated by that. So, and the whole uh, thing took place, you know, well, the murder took place in San Marino near me. Right. I think yeah. that's why it was in the news so right. much. That's, it was covered extensively here, but it was like a local unsolved mystery for 15 years. But everybody in San Marino swears they knew it was him, but they couldn't, they didn't know he was a con man at the time, but they knew he had committed the murder, but they just couldn't um, figure it out. So, uh, and it was when they were doing some remodeling in that house, they dug up the bones. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. So, yeah, that's go. It's a good one, Liz. Good. We'll see. You better read that, Liz, and <clears throat> fill us in. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then I think I'm going to um, dip into a mystery because I never read mysteries. And I think I put a, sh- a call out on Satellite Sisters months ago for a recommendation for a mystery. And our niece, Catherine Dolan, the one who was getting married next weekend. I know. Uh, it's so soon. I can't believe it. <laughs> I know. We're going to come get to the Cape Cod update very quickly. Um, Catherine said one of her favorite writers was Tana French. And uh, it's a police procedural. This, this one book that she recommended to me called The Likeness is a police procedural that takes place in Dublin. And it's a female detective, and she thought I would really, really like it. So I already have that downloaded from Audible. It is all set up, ready to go. And it is my plan this week when I fly to Cape Cod for um, for Catherine's wedding to listen to Tana French's The Likeness so that when I see the bride, I can tell her I took her book recommendation. Uh, <laughs> When I see the bride, I'm going to tell her how beautiful she looks. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. You can go with that book recommendation comment in the receiving line. <laughs> you know, well, okay, you're right. I'll say that too, Julie. But anyway, so she, the likeness, and I've just never really read any mystery, any like fiction mysteries. Obviously, the reason I'm attracted to the other book by Walter Kern is that's a mystery too, but the sort of true life aspect of that. I love nonfiction stories. But so um, The Likeness by Tana French is another one that's on my list. Yeah, we have more books on the list. We also have some picks from the Satellite Sisterhood. We asked on the Facebook page. We got a lot of recommendations. I was looking for ones that maybe we hadn't recommended before that hadn't been sort of out for a while. So there's a list of five or six 
six recommendations that come right from the Satellite Sisterhood. And you will find lots of links at our website and the Facebook page. And don't forget, you know, free book if you download on Audible this week. All the information is at the website. There's a big link. You can just click right there. Um, but no, you did it, sisters. It was a close call. We were putting it together. <laughs> I was reading like a crazy woman. I have a whole nother list of books. I'm trying to uh, put together some interviews with some um, authors over the next couple of weeks, too. So we have more book lists coming out, but it's a, it is a great time to read. And it looks like from the weather on Cape Cod that we will have a lot of reading time. <laughs> oh, I haven't even looked at the forecast. Is yes. Oh. Pack your sweatshirts. Yeah. That's, that's what I think. Right. Yeah. Maybe a few rain slickers too. Yeah. It's going to be nice. It's going to be, it's going to be a nice beach vacation. Okay, yeah. So we, so the clam bake that is next Friday night, we could end up being inside for that. That's <laughs> oh, that's okay. indeed. Yes. Yes. That's what, that's what rental houses are for. You would, yeah. you would never eat lobsters inside your own house, but you know, for it's a rental house, anything goes, it's like a rental car. You don't have to worry about it so much. Well, in fact, sisters, I'm leaving first. I am leaving on Tuesday um, to head to Cape Cod uh, via New York. I am going to New York because I am representing all the sisters at the at the 39th Gra- at Gracie's Awards um, that is put on by the Alliance of Women in Media. And they're having a lovely luncheon at the Hilton Hotel in downtown New York. And I'm going to go and uh, pick up our trophy. How about that, sisters? Yeah. Gracie <laughs> Allen trophy uh, for uh, original digital programming. So that that is really exciting, isn't it? So I've got my sweatshirts in one pile. And then I, I have a very nice, um, I think, ladies' luncheon outfit to wear uh, to pick up the Gracie's in. You know, I want to look good. Gonna, I think there'll be some photos after after the awards ceremonies. So uh, I've, I've got that in the bag as well. But we were talking via, you know, email um, that the Gracie, uh, the, the organization, the Alliance of Women in Media had contacted us because, you know, we've won quite a few of these Gracie Awards and they wanted us to contribute to their blog about, you know, sort of our reflections about going to the um, the Gracie Allen Awards. And um, while I haven't been to them every year, some sisters have. Liz, I think you attend most years. Uh, Monica, you've been to a great many. We yeah. all have very, very fond memories um, of the Gracie Awards. And so I asked some of you to, you know, to sort of think of some of your favorite Gracie moments. Monica, for you, what what would, would one of those um, moments be? Well, we had the very first Gracie Award that we won. It was, I think it was for Sheila's Entertainment Reporter Award. I don't know if it was the first one. But... No, we had a few that predated that during our public radio career. Oh, I guess. I didn't go to those award show, that, that award show, but uh, we went Sheila, Entertaining Sheila, won for Best Entertainment Reporter. And so <laughs> Liz convinced the uh, committee, the Gracie Awards Committee, normally they have just a presenter give the award out and it's some other woman or man in media. But Liz convinced them that it would be fun if Liz and I could give Sheila the award. But we didn't tell her. It was a surprise. So Sheila got up and before you get the award, you go backstage. It's all really, really exciting. And it's even more exciting for someone like Sheila because they do your hair. They touch up your hair and makeup when you're back there. So you get a lot of attention. Uh, kind of the excitement is building. You're going to go out on stage. So Liz and I 
snuck backstage the other way where we met Kelly Ripa, <laughs> who was the host that year, who was just squealing, oh, the sisters are here. And so Liz and I went out on stage and Sheila came out. She didn't know we were going to present the award to her. And she looked a little confused. She did. That's correct. She wondered why Liz and I were out there on stage with her. But there was some laughter, some tears. We kept it short, Liz, our introduction, because mm-hmm. we didn't want to steal Entertaining Shields Thunder. And it was just a really fun, fun moment for all of us to be on stage together. You know, it's such a great event because there are approximately 300 uh, women, uh, you know, and men and women in the media business from television and radio. But it's such a supportive group. Everyone seems maybe they're all like this at award shows, Liz. I don't know. That's <laughs> that's not on my regular circuit. But they people genuinely were very nice to us. And as well, uh, I think we extended a lot of good humor and goodwill towards others. Leanne, you had a, a very famous encounter. I don't correct? even remember this. Like it wasn't, we I, were, do. I think about it all the time. In the email exchange, I don't even recall, but they usually start off the Gracie's with a, like a young singer that gets out there and sings. And it's someone who maybe has a single out or is about to have a single out. And it's just a touch of entertainment. And then they plow through the awards. And so apparently one year uh, it was Taylor Swift and we were backstage and I said to Taylor Swift as she came off the stage, good luck with your career. (laughs) (laughs) And that that has made the essential difference. I think so. (laughs) I think you may, she was with her mother, who was her manager at the time. She was 16. I think you might have even said, good luck with your little career. (laughs) Like that, Leah. Leah, I really think you launched that was it that was the difference you know and it was one of those performances where you know she was like on a stool with a guitar on stage and everybody in the audience is still gabbing to each other and you know it's not like people were really focused on this little singer up up on stage (laughs) nobody ever heard of her before seen her before she was a complete unknown but that was the moment she she just needed that encouragement from you leon and and then she just took off she t- and she's left us in the dust i have to say <laughs> i think i like to think though if it was reverse she would have wished us good luck with our little careers too <laughs> so and liz you've but you've been to so many of these do you have a favorite moment from the gracie awards i uh I do. I think my, I mean, just in general, we always had fun going to these events because so many of the the women that we interviewed on our show, but didn't really meet because radio, people don't have to come to the studio. We would get a chance to meet a lot of them. So that was fun. That was but, fun. Yeah. Yes. So, but in particular, um, there was a year where we brought our mom and this is when the awards were in New York. And uh, so- Mom was really excited, and uh, you know everybody got all dolled up. And then, but when we were at the actual award ceremony itself, Lisa Kudrow was at a table. She was getting an award, and she was at a table like in the high rent district. We were sort of <laughs> closer to the back <laughs> in yeah, Radio Land. Nothing against we- the fine women of Alliance of, of <laughs> Media, but they de- do tend to put all the big network and television stars up front, and all the radio stars 
way in the back of the room <laughs> next to next to the busing tables, right? Yes, yes, which is why it was even more notable that Lisa Kudrow, who had actually expressed interest in producing Satellite Sisters as a TV show, so we had, you know, we had met her a couple of times through work. She purposely came over and wanted to meet our mother and she introduced herself to mom and speaking of the word little i think mom actually did did say i love your little show <laughs> so, yeah, well, that. We know women we yes. know how to put that, down, that little friends thing you do mm. that is adorable <laughs> anyway so but it was just really nice that lisa went out of her way to come over and meet mom and mom altogether was having a great night that night i think i think everyone had memories of mom with us that night right yeah that was fun yeah that was a fun trip to new york that was a great we were in a yeah that was a fun trip i brought my whole family that year which does i didn't usually do uh, so, cause everyone was out of school. It was kind of late in June. So uh, Julie, you'll have fun. I hear, um, who do you have that? Who's speaking? It's Robin somebody. Roberts. Robin Roberts is coming. Yeah. A special guest, uh, wow. guest, uh, guest at this event. So that's good. But more than anything, cause you know, sisters was we, you know, the, the, the in the television radio divide occasionally <laughs> when they're giving out the awards for radio, they tend to be later in the evening. And as you know, oh, yeah. we sometimes by the time our, our very first year, Liz was at the Plaza hotel. Yes. And uh, do you remember that? This was, uh, was our our first during the public radio part of our career. Yes. Yes, public radio. I had flown in from Thailand. I had a beautiful Thai silk dress yeah, on. I remember later. that. You and Liz good. that uh, many people were ogling. Yes. Uh, it was mm-hmm. the, it was the Thai silk, not so much who was wearing it, but nonetheless, we were our our award was late in the evening. Very <laughs> very late in the evening. And they had run I over I remember a lot of these people are morning news producers. Yes. So yes. they got Got so their awards they, at nine thirty, and they went home to go to bed. So yes, yeah, there was some shrinkage in the audience. <laughs> there was a lot of shrinkage in the audience, but and we had a lot of time. So I had I had gone to the ladies' room, which was always fun to do anytime at the Gracie Allen Awards because who knows who you're going to see in the ladies' room? And I, I had run into. Phyllis George. How about yes, that? Yes, I remember that. Yes, I had a moment. Like, uh, you know, and this, that was, again, the first year we, you know, first time we'd ever really been up close to, uh, you know, any kind of celebrity or TV personality, uh, let alone Miss America. So that was, that was pretty good. Um, but Liz, we had won our award and we were so excited and we went out to celebrate and we had a glass of champagne afterwards in the Oak Bar at the Plaza Hotel, which is, I don't even know if that exists anymore. And we were celebrating with Virginia Bream uh, from Oregon Public Radio and some some reporters, investigative reporters from um, the Oregonian were also in New York that night because they had just won the Pulitzer Prize for an article they had written and they had their Pulitzer Medal and we had our Gracie Award statue and we were equally thrilled. Yes. 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 We were all like sitting and celebrating together. Exactly. Like, okay, congratulations on your Pulitzer. And they were saying congratulations on our Gracie as if they had ever heard of a Gracie. (laughs) (laughs) It was really, really fun. Yeah. Well, Julie, I just hope when you represent, you remember what Liz did two or three years ago in Los Angeles when we were presenting an award. We were all dolled up. Liz got on stage, went totally off script, and like raised her right hand and just yelled, Radio Rules! <laughs> 
<laughs> That's true. I'd forgotten that I did that. <laughs> like... We were supposed, they had teleprompters and everything. There was no way I was doing that. Yeah. Radio rules. I'm like radio one rules. one person in the back, the radio winner, started clapping. Well, I have received I have received very um very explicit instructions. There'll be no time uh, at this award ceremony for any kind of um, acceptance remarks. Um, so I'm really going to have to yell that quickly as, <laughs> as they're dragging you off the stage. But wait, but you saw that the order the awards are being given in. Yes, right. indeed, Liz. We are number one. Number one. They are giving the first Gracie Allen Award for, uh, for excellence to us, the Satellite Sisters. We are no longer in the back of the room. <laughs> yeah, that's only taken 14 years. Woo-hoo! Yeah. <laughs> okay, no. and can we, we, with the truth be told, right, this is... This is, you know, at the Oscars, how they have give out a whole set of awards that are never part of the televised um, <laughs> evening broadcast. That's what this. this yeah, we've been demoted is. to that now. <laughs> from the from the from the dinner to the luncheon. Yeah, that's, but, what, that's what happens when you're now. What's our category? Original online content. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hey, but, it's we still rule, Julie. Yes. We still rule. Online content <laughs> rules. I think I, I can yell that out. Yell that. Just podcast pioneers. That's us. Okay. <laughs> so you're doing that. And then, of course, we're all heading to Cape Cod. So yeah. uh, you're going to stop in New York on your way. Monica, you and I are flying to, uh, we're meeting up at uh, Logan Airport um, Wednesday night, right? To, yeah. to make the trek out to the Cape. I'll have and a couple of dresses with me, Liz. Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll need a sister ruling. Uh, okay. Dresses I brought. I'm oh, gonna. This is for your wedding. Uh, I was gonna yeah. say it's only one main event that you need a dress for, but yeah. you. Oh, oh, what to wear? Oh, yeah. I. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Me too, Monica. I have two. And yesterday I went uh, in search of the correct underwear in order to make one of them workable. It's very uh, underwear. Uh, dependent. Um, <laughs> this, this whole operation. And I, uh, yes, uh, I suffered near death by strapless bra yesterday, oh, at the end of the day yesterday. I was trying to get a strapless bra. You know how nice they are at Nordstrom in those lingerie departments. There, this, this girl was helping me out. She was very nice. The, the one that I really thought was going to work I put it on and then I put my dress on over it and she came back in and I said, well, it really works with the dress. And she was like, Oh, that's so great. It's like, but this, I was like, this is the most uncomfortable thing I have ever put on my body ever. Torture. They're torture. So I just had a moment there in the uh, in the fitting room where I thought, I really don't want to go through a whole day feeling like this. Right. So it's just not worth it. So I went back out and I went over to the Spanx department. And, <laughs> and I'm looking around like, because what I really needed was like, spank, like strapless Spanx, right? To, to lose what, 20 pounds. What I really like, needed to do. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I'm I'm giving up on that. Dang it. What I should have done was. I know. I know. So uh, I was in search of strapless Spanx. And uh, so the very nice young woman came over again. I told her, like, instead of the strapless bra, isn't there something here that can just kind of hold me in but be strapless? And yes, 
such a product actually exists. Spanx makes uh, a camisole, like a, a body wear camisole, like super holds you up, holds you in, but strapless. So I'm going with that. Over, it's going to be a little tricky. So <laughs> do you need an attendant with you when you're dressing for the wedding? It's a good thing the two of you are rooming together for the wedding. <laughs> Sounds like you're both going to need each other's support. Yeah. So uh, right, support is exactly what I need, Leanne. That's my problem. <laughs> Not enough support. So by the time we have the uh, Satellite Sisters meet up on Sunday afternoon, we're at Brax Landing uh, Sunday afternoon from two to four. We will have the complete report on the wedding from shoes to dresses to accessories to underwear to the whole thing, right? Or it's going to be good for those of you who are turning up for the meetup and on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. It looks like we're getting a good turnout. Yeah, it'll be fantastic. And just one thing to remember at the wedding, everyone is looking at the bride. So that's exactly. like, yes, that should be your dressing, you know, mantra. There's, everyone's looking at the bride as they should be. So uh, the, the, the only thing that's making me self-conscious at all, Leanne, is my, really the most comfortable, prettiest dress I have is the one I wore last year to Megan's wedding. I just wear and that again. So I was very tempted to wear that again. And that is still my backup dress. But I just feel like because the photos will live on i know the family photos the family photo to see yourself at megan's wedding last summer and then at Catherine's wedding this summer to see yourself to really it's like getting caught in the act of wearing the same dress two years in a row so that's the only reason consider a wrap for the photo (laughs) oh that's a good idea just a nice sweatshirt yeah just (laughs) hoodie just go in the back row liz yeah Okay. It's all, it's all possible. Um, so a lot of flying, uh, going on this week, right? Julie, when do you arrive? You're a Thursday, Uh, Friday. I arrive Thursday morning and the rest of the Texas contingent will be meeting, will be meeting up at Logan airport. That's the plan. Mm -hmm. So all the grandchildren are coming, uh, as well as my son, daughter-in-law, and then my other son and daughter-in-law are driving from New York and they will arrive sometime late on Thursday. They'll miss. Uh, they'll be there in time. They've already put in that they'll be in there in time for the clam bake list. Okay. All uh, right. So. All right. Separate off off air. You need to tell me what your grandchildren will eat at the clam bake. So well, we can we can we, we can do that off the air. You don't okay. need it. But I haven't hot yet. Dogs. Ordered. Just hot dogs. Hot. Okay. Just... Good. I was not ordering them a lobster. Okay. Um, the uh, but it's lo- we're all doing a lot of airport time this week, so I just wanted to mention one thing. Just warn you, if you thought airports could not get any worse, uh, if you thought all of the lines and all of the signs and all of the warnings and all of the agents, like it was, we were already at DefCon five. No, people, there's another whole level of threat now at the airports. Has anyone else noticed? Now there are signs posted all over the place about MERS, about catching MERS. Has anyone seen those yet? No, I haven't been to the airport lately. Okay, I just want to emotionally prepare you. Monica, what is MERS anyway? This is some highly contagious, like, bacteria. It's just, it's a killer disease, right? It's a killer infection. 
that you get. Yes. I don't know what MERS even stands for. I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's okay. But it, it doesn't matter because the sign just says MERS. <laughs> anyway, it just arrived in the United States. I believe it was last month. The first case was found here in the U.S. Anyway, so you'll be you'll be happy to know that there are signs up now, at least all over LAX, about how not to catch MERS. So well, what are you supposed to do? Wear a mask and not touch anything? Yeah, I can't remember what the sign says. Yeah, it's something like that. Don't get on that plane. <laughs> Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. Oh, that's what it stands Don't for? Don't get on that yep. plane to the Middle East. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, this is the one that originally started in Saudi Arabia. Yes, exactly. And now because of, you know, because of international travel, there have been... spread to Cape Cod? No, no. (laughs) No, No, not... No, it was the Midwest. It spread to the Mid... I think that's where the first case was found a couple weeks ago, was St. Louis or somewhere. I can't remember what exact city, but it was a traveler that came from Saudi Arabia to the Midwest. We are spreading some good scientific information here. Just FYI. I think I think maybe what the MERS sign said was, if you have MERS, please don't get on the plane. It was right. something like that. That's good advice. <laughs> anyway, so um, just another another happy thing that you can encounter uh, in the airport. Uh, what else we got going on? That's it. We got wow. We have a big week. It's we just have a, big week. a lot, which means we won't be recording a show uh, next weekend. No. Uh, but we'll see you live. So what could be better than that? You know. For those of you that want to fly into Cape Cod for the Sunday afternoon, uh, two hours live. It's way better than a podcast. No podcasting rocks. Podcasting rules. Remember that, Julie. Podcast pioneers, yes. Uh, and, uh, okay, so I'll see all of you guys by the end of the week. Uh, don't forget, we have an offer. If you go to uh, audiblepodcast.com slash sisters uh we have the free audible offer there it would be really great if you wanted to try out that service you know how much we've talked about it and loved it in the past so uh check that out for all of your summer travels and And you do have to go to that specific um url right yes that's exactly leanne that's the key that's the key for us frankly so audiblepodcast.com slash sisters Yes. And so that's why Leanne put all the links on the blog. Many links. So, so the, the many, many links. Many, many links. <laughs> Not that you're bitter about it at all. No, I'm just saying. I get, a fine attitude. I get asked a lot, like, where's that link? Many links. Many, many links. <laughs> Trying to cover all my bases. That's it for today's show. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.